Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be finishing Parsha Zazinu with Shvi. Our Aliyah is nine psukim long and we now talk about the transfer of power. And this is when Moshe Rabbeinu and Yoshua present the song to the nation of Israel. First we hear in the Aliyah, and it's a basic summary, Hashem tells Moshe, Moshe now goes and presents the song to the people, he and Hoshea ben Nun. He tells them to pay attention to all the matters that are being testified to and God to guard them. He says, It's not something which is empty. It's your lives. And if you listen to it, it will grant you longevity in the land across the Jordan. Hashem tells Moshe on, the day, on that very day to ascend to Har Ha'avorim. That's the mountain, which is in Moab, and Har Nevoi, which is, which is on the Trans-Jordan East. And he will see the land of Canaan, but he will die on the mountain. For Mace, because he'll be gathered to his people like Aaron, on, as he died on Har Ha'ar, because... Yeah, as he tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe and Aaron rebelled against him and made the river by not creating the Kiddush Hashem. And therefore you will see the land, but not enter the land. So a few basic questions to ponder. Well, number one is, why is Yehoshua called Hoishea in this Aliyah? That's a strange appellation. We don't usually hear that, uh, that as his description. So Rashi explains that, that this is the first time that Moshe Rabbeinu is allowing Yehoshua to darshan with him, to stand on the podium and to present to the nation of Israel. The reason why this is important is because people would say otherwise, oh, you see Yehoshua, you had no voice and Moshe was around. Moshe didn't really trust you. That's why, and therefore we have no reason to listen to you now as well. So Moshe Rabbeinu inducted Yehoshua to even giving the drasha, to even giving the instruction to the Jewish people when you're still alive. And therefore the name Hoshea is utilized to emphasize that Yahushua remembered his humble beginnings, even though he now reached this incredible pedestal and being inducted to such an imp- impressive position, the standing alongside Moshe Rabbeinu, Adon Hanavi'im, the master of all the prophets, he still remembered his humble beginnings. Rav Sarotskin points out that there's also another element to this, and that is Moshe knows that Yahushua is about to lead them into the land, and Yahushua is going to send his own spies. Well, spies are a problem. That's when Yahushua got the extra yud in his name. So Hashem is reminding him that Hoshea ben Nun, remember why you got the yud when you send the spies as you're about to go into the land of Israel. Another question, why is it that when it's describing that Moshe Rabbeinu is going to ascend the mountains, Be'etzem Hayom in the very day, in the middle of that day it sounds like, Rashi quotes a very famous beautiful Sifrei, which is a Medrash Halach, which says that three incidents in Jewish history in the Torah are described as happening in the middle of that day. Number one is Noach, when he ascended the Teva, the Ark, Israel when they left Egypt, and Moshe going up to the mountain. Why these three instances? So Rashi indicates that in each of these cases, there was pressure not to do such. There were people who wanted to prevent this action from happening. When it came to Noah getting on the Teva, after 120 years of, of building this, the, this, this ark, Moshe, uh, Noah had many naysayers, people who felt that, they, that his arguments impeded upon their lifestyle. Why should he talk about moral rectitude? Why is he talking about there being retribution? And they said, you know what, if Noah decides to get into this Teva, into this ark when the rain comes, we will break it down, we'll take our axes and destroy it. So Hashem says, oh yes? Well, in the very middle of the day, in front of all of you, I will allow Noah to get on this ark and let anybody who says no step forward now. And I was like, Kodesh Baruch Hu took a very heavy-handed and very clear approach that no one is going to intercede in his plans. The second case, when the nation of Israel were leaving Egypt, the Egyptians said, if, the, if the, these Hebrews will leave our land, we will kill them. We will massacre them on the way out. 
Hashem says, oh yes, well I will let them leave, leave in broad daylight and I will allow them, let's see if anybody can ra raise a finger. And that was the case. No one is unable to stop it. And with Moshe Rabbeinu, when the nation of Israel knew that his ascent to this mountain would um, ultimately lead to his death and his departure from them, many of them said, we will not allow him to go up the mountain. Hashem says, oh yes, I will let him go up in broad daylight. This last part is very, very uh, hopeful in that Moshe Rabbeinu had tried to lead the people and so many times Moshe Rabbeinu had said things which the people didn't want to hear. And Moshe Rabbeinu had pleaded and begged and beseeched and people rebelled and just didn't listen to him. And you can imagine how exasperating it must be to be a Moshe Rabbeinu, to be the leader of the nation of Israel. So many times didn't seem to want to hear the guidance that he was giving them, which was for their own very good. But nonetheless, when push comes to shove, they still appreciated him so deeply and wouldn't let him go. That's a very powerful perspective. Now, where is this Har Nevoi, this mountain? So the Sifrei actually says this mountain has four names. Nevoi, Har Nevoi, Har Havorim, Har Horahar, and Rosh HaPiskah. Which would mean to say, therefore, that Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam are all buried in the same place. This is not the Pshat. This is not the basic Pshat. Horahar seems to be a different place. The Sifrei seems to say that they're the, that they're the same. Which would mean that the three leaders of Israel throughout the desert experience are buried in the same specific place. The same unique spot. Finally, one last question is, what's the significance of Moshe Rabbeinu looking into the land of Israel? Is it for him to feel nostalgia? Is it for him to feel whimsical that he, that, that, and, and upset that he was not able to get there? So the Meshachachma says, no, it actually works in the same way that Avram Avinu was told to walk the land. Avram Avinu was told, told HaKosh Baruch Hu said to Avram Avinu, you're supposed to walk the breadth and the width of the land. Why is that? So the Mishra says, spiritually speaking, wherever Avraham Avinu went, he spiritually brought the word of Hashem. And it made it easier to conquer later on because already Hashem was there. And all the pagan spiritual ideas had already been exorcised. So says the Mishra Moshe Rabbeinu's gaze had the same capacity as Avraham Avinu's walk. Moshe Rabbeinu's looking in would imbue that part of the land that he gazed at with such a spiritual power that it would make it much more noachli kovesh, much easier to be conquered later on. What a beautiful perspective to close the parsha with. With this we close parsha Zazino, a complex parsha, but a parsha that deserves very much our attention. Um, have a wonderful and meaningful Shabbos.